Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks such as Mike and Ike's, but not regular Mike and Ike's, the remix box. As always, my name is Rick Williams and your very best good movie buddy and with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, it's been a rough... It's been a rough week week for us. How you doing? I'm I'm a little under the weather, but uh, I'm 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 good to go. Got to recharge go. those batteries. Ready to go. You and I you and I have both seen better days. You you're under the weather. My back is is not behaving well at all. Um, and we find ourselves in this physical state in one of our favorite cities of the country, Las Vegas. And fortunately, we we are still good enough that we can sit around and talk about movies, um, which I don't know. There are many things that can get in the way of that. But it's kind of fortuitous that we're here in Vegas because we're here to talk about Ocean's 8. Uh, It is well documented, our love for heist films, particularly yours and your love for the Ocean's films in general. I believe... Absolutely. I believe going back a year... Which again, as we we celebrated our, our our one year anniversary last week, I believe, and I didn't do research on this, but you stated that the Ocean's films are right up there as your favorite films. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven. So Ocean's Eight is an intriguing possibility for us, an intriguing situation. It is. Um, where you know Ocean's Eight is a is a spinoff continuation of sort of the the heist genre that was started with the Rat Pack, and then was remade with Clooney and Pitt and Damon and Steven Soderbergh. That spawned an entire trilogy. And then here we have a spinoff with with uh, Sandra Bullock as the sister. Debbie Ocean. As Debbie Ocean. Not Danny Ocean, but Debbie Ocean. And uh, yeah, and it came out. We both saw it. And uh, what did you, I mean, just, I mean, as always, let's just get right off the bat. What'd you think of it? You know, I liked it. Um, you know, ever since I saw the first trailer for it, I was a little concerned for it because to me it seemed to be rehashing a lot of the same things from Ocean's Eleven. Sure. And being someone who loves Ocean Eleven, like I wasn't, I was hoping for something that was going to be uniquely its own, still have those connections to the the three Ocean's movies that we've already had, but not try and be exactly one of those movies. And this obviously isn't. It's set in New York, so it's Mm -hmm. a different backdrop. We don't have Vegas or, I guess, Ocean's 12 was Europe. So Yeah, or we're not even, I mean, the robbery itself isn't really focused on an institution per se. Correct. So we're actually stealing from a specific person, which that was never the, the way things went with the first ocean eh. movies i mean the closest you got to that was 12 where sure they were you know obviously having that back and forth sure with, uh what's his name with the the, the night fox yeah, the night i mean fox. one could make the argument that like you're hitting terry benedict in the place where it hurts sure despite the fact that the money's insured but they were still going after cold hard cash at sure. the end of the day sure they were going after the casinos and in this they're robbing the met gala but they're not really robbing the met gala cuz that's robbing a charity um they're robbing jewelry from the met gala which i mean kind of i mean if we want to just get into it we're going to talk obviously we're going we're going to talk non-spoilers first as per usual but 
I first off, I enjoyed the film. I had a I had a good time with it. Um, it's kind of hard not to when you have all of these movie stars in one place. But one of the things that I never really bought into was the heist. In and I and I really. I mean, we're in this day and age where having two straight white dudes talk about the, the all-female-led Ocean's 8 isn't exactly what the world is clamoring for. Sure. Totally understand that. Um, but us being movie fans, you know, we have the freedom to talk about whatever we want, however we want. And and we're going to make callbacks to that original trilogy. It's impossible not to. Um, but every single one of those films always felt that whatever they were stealing, there was either there was a purpose behind their target. You know, yep. they were targeting Terry Benedict because Terry Benedict's a dick. They were targeting um, Pacino because Pacino's a dick. They were doing the whole Night Fox thing because the Night Fox was a dick. And they were all, they all had personal vendettas here. This one sort of has a personal vendetta, but not in the in the robbery. It's yeah. in, not to get too much into it and not to get into spoilers, I was always I was a little put off by the fact that like they're just stealing things. Well, I think she even says at one point in the line, Debbie Ocean has a a line that says it's a callback to Ocean's Eleven. This one done in a breakfast joint. Sure. But it's why do this? Why do this? Right. You know the for lack of a better term, Kate Blanchett's why rusty do, to yeah. Danny Ocean, and and this mm-hmm. she was. Basically, that Rusky esque character. Sure, um, the cool sidekick. Yeah, but she asked why I do this, and her explanation is basically because it's this what is what at. I do, and it's this what is I'm what good I'm good at. at. So sure. Um, so yeah, so it seemed almost like she was just presented as a character who just steals because she's good at sure. it. Sure, like which I particularly enjoyed in that opening sequence um, when she was released. I thought that was a little bit different. And yet similar to when Danny Ocean's released and he goes and he's cold, he's, what what do they call it? Cold cutting team beat cover boys. Sure. Where that shows that he's, oh, he's still, oh, he's always got an angle. He's going to come in and take the money of all these kids really quickly. Sure. Um, Whereas her, she has this whole sequence where she goes through, and, and this isn't a spoiler, it's in the first five minutes of the movie, and you see it in the trailer, but she like pilfers these little things. She pilfers like perfume and clothes and I thought that was really clever. Sure. I really like that, but it did go very much to the point of where, like, she's just somebody who steals things. Yeah. Um, And sort of, so that, let's get back to what you were originally talking about was, I think you and I disagree a little bit on the callbacks. You think that, you thought there were too many callbacks, right? You thought that it it really didn't differentiate itself as much. Well, my problem isn't necessarily, necessarily the number of callbacks, just that they were, like, direct callbacks like i feel like they went to a very specific script already created by oceans 11 so to me in essence this almost felt like a for for lack of better term a remake of oceans 11 okay just done in a very different way you know like how sometimes we get those remakes these days that are like loosely based on sure. the original movie sure. don't do the same heists don't do the same things sure. but like are based on that original movie so it didn't feel like a continuance of this world that the Oceans movies created as much as like here's like a female version of Oceans 11 which again I mean it never pretended to be anything other than that I know but I think you don't have to be as direct as they were like I don't think you like I was fine opening with 
the parole, the parole yeah. meeting, which we've seen in the trailers, so that's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could watch the two movies side by side and pick at least half a dozen scenes that are almost identical to sure. Ocean's Eleven. Sure. And to me, that was just too much. Like, sure. It's fine to have some callbacks. I think that's natural when it's called Ocean's Eight. Well, especially obviously. it's a heist movie. It fits yeah. a pattern. Sure. But there's some things that are like almost like the straight. same exact scene. Right. Like we'll talk about one a little bit later when when you have Kate Blanchett and Debbie Ocean talking about, you know, that middle scene, like the scene we have in Ocean's Eleven when Brad Pitt goes Like Yeah. Tell me this isn't a, tell me this isn't about her. Yeah. And he says what? Tell me this isn't about screwing the guy who's screwing your girl. Right. Like we have almost the identical Terminology is switched just a little bit, but sure. it's almost the exact scene. Like walk out of the of the warehouse, warehouse yeah. Talk with the cityscape in the background. Like yep. we had that exact scene. That's in true. Ocean's that's that's lifted pretty heavily, and but yet at the same time, like it doesn't. Even the cons like the consequences don't exactly fit one to one. But I don't think you needed to do that. Like, no. why do you have to do that so direct? Like. You could have have that same concept, but do it in a different way. Sure. Like, to me, it, it seemed like they intentionally mirrored scenes from sure. Ocean's Eleven. Sure. Whereas I would have preferred them just go like an original route. And obviously, there's going to be some tie-ins because right. you're doing something called Ocean's Eight. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, you know, a heist film fits certain criteria, but there's a difference between fitting a criteria and lifting an identical scene i mean you look at what soderbergh did with logan lucky that's a heist movie that fits all the criteria but it doesn't have any of those scenes like yeah it's a very different heist movie with the same bits in it um so we've talked about the cast a little bit i think that's one of the most appealing parts of this film and one of the things that really really powers this movie beyond being just mediocre is the cast is again it's filled with a-listers sure. you got your sandra bullock you got kate blanchett you got mindy kaling helena bonham carter Anne hathaway rihanna aquafina um there i mean there's so many i mean i know i'm missing um the i'm missing oh sarah paulson is the last one who you probably you're missing, know you're missing one still am i missing one Anne Rihanna? Hathaway? Did you say I Hathaway? said Anne Hathaway. Oh, okay. um, Sarah Paulson is probably the one who people know the best without knowing who she is. She was um, the lawyer in the People versus O.J. Simpson. That's like her claim to fame. She's great. Um, but uh, you know, I thought the cast was phenomenal, and I. Th- but I did think that it was a little less like with the Ocean's films. It all felt like everybody was buddies. Felt like they were all just hanging out. And this one, it didn't really feel like they were all buddies, but they were all like movie stars being movie stars with one another. And that alone is still pretty entertaining. Yeah. To me, it felt like I could I could see kind of, to me, like some chemistry between Kate Winslet and... Blanchett. And, or Kate Blanchett. Sorry. It's okay. You're not uh, feeling good. We can write it off to the medication. Right. Debbie Ocean and... Uh, and Lou. And Lou. Yeah. Like, I could see the chemistry I felt like between them, and, like, I could see them hanging out, sure. you know, from that standpoint. Sure. But, like, the Ocean's movies, like, 
for whatever it is, and obviously I'm biased because it's one of my it's my favorite sure. movie. But like you could just like tell they had a blast filming this movie. And and full disclosure, like that's I mean again I I, I don't have to say this, but like. We're dudes. We recognize the camaraderie in dudes. Maybe we don't recognize the camaraderie here in a certain respect. Maybe. But I don't think we had as many scenes in this that, you know, brought them together as much. Um, Sure. Well, Ocean's 12 just feels like a bunch of friends went to went to fucking Europe and made yeah. a made a movie together for sure. <laughs> like that, that is the mo- uh, I feel like that's a very out of the original trilogy is a very underrated and one. A, and I would also say I feel like Ocean's 11 balanced the characters a whole lot better. Obviously the two at the forefront are are Brad Pitt and George Clooney. And George Clooney. Um, but I feel like everybody got pretty equal shares of time like even down to like the people that are more the bit characters like, like yen like yen like yeah i there's very memorable scenes with yen throughout the movie there's also you know a number of things where he's the focus of it um so that leads me to the question of do you feel like anybody was underutilized here and if so who um you know i was hoping for more out of mindy kaling like just mm-hmm. because i feel like you know, obviously, I really enjoyed her in the office and the little bit that she's done since then. I didn't watch her new show where she's the main character. Sure, I haven't watched that, but everything that she's been in, I feel like she's really funny and she can bring a whole lot to right. it. Right, um, and I feel like it was a pretty like weak usage of her. Like she had I a agree. couple of funny things, but like I feel like you could have unleashed her a whole lot more in this film. Like. Um, I agree. I think this is the second film that miss miss either underutilizes her or misutilizes her. Like she has such a sharp wit, and she is so funny and so quick witted and so humorous. Which has literally just said the same thing four different times. But <laughs> but the capacity in which she is used here and in which she was used in A Wrinkle in Time is almost angering to me. Like I was walked out. So frustrated that it's the second movie in a row that's misused Mindy Kaling, I feel. Sure. Um, I feel that Rihanna was probably appropriately used. They gave her the role where she didn't say too many Let's long just call lines. it how it is. I don't think Rihanna's a very good actress. You no. Know, which um, is funny because a lot of people are like, give Rihanna her own movie. I'm like, she says fucking like two words in a row the whole movie. And I think, I honestly think, one, I think celebrities like being around Rihanna. Like it's one of those things. Sure, there's like, like a... Celebrities have their own like celebrity crush For on sure. Rihanna. For sure. But then I also think maybe when she gets added into certain movies, like she was in Battleship, right? Like maybe there's the initial intent intent when she's cast that they're going to use her more, uh-huh. and then they realize this isn't working. Can she not act? Yeah. Like, like- let's keep her to single sentence S- lines. Few lines. Like, like her longest line was like, "Would you like me to take out the garbage?" Yeah, and in her defense, crushed it. No, she does good. <laughs> she does great at her role in this movie, sure. which is perfectly fine. And she's one that I feel like is adequately used. Yeah, um, I liked Aquafina as well. Um, I thought she had some really good moments with with Sandra Bullock. Um, there's a bit about a Metro card that I really enjoyed. Yeah, she was funny. I, um, I liked she's her. like the utility player. She felt like the Malloys to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very much. Um, who's the MVP? If you had to pick an MVP, I feel like this is like a universal answer. But who's the MVP? See, I don't know. 
Um, Ooh, interesting. Okay. So it's an easy answer for me. Really? For you, yeah. it's an easy answer? Yeah. I'll let you go first. It's Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is the MVP of this film. She runs away with everything that she's doing in this film from playing the dim-witted socialite to, and we won't get into spoilers, but her character goes through several um, I don't know, twists and turns, for lack of a better word, that every time she's on screen, I just can't stop paying attention to her. Sure. Like, I thought she's great in it. Like, she's the best part of this fucking movie, which... To me, I find really interesting because it feels like everybody still wants to hate on Anne Hathaway a little bit. Sure. But then she does something like this or Colossal that is like, oh, shit, Anne Hathaway's really fucking good, you guys. So that's my answer. I think she runs away with this film. See, I think she's really good. Um, to be honest, and I'm sure I would get eviscerated for making this comment in this movie. Okay. But... To me, the character I enjoyed like uh, consistently okay, okay, okay. the most was James Corden's character. <laughs> the at insurance the investigator. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was funny. I thought I enjoyed probably like the funniest parts of the movie to me. God, that's so sexist. Were the <laughs> was from when he came on the screen on, and I actually enjoyed a lot of the characters even more with their interactions with James Corden yeah. and some of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so I that's feel funny. bad when it's a movie that's meant to be like Ocean's Eight. It's right. all female cast. I mean, for me to pick out really the closest thing to was Chris Hemsworth your favorite part of the new Ghostbusters film too, <laughs> which is also not that big of a stretch because he steals that movie. He's great in it. But I also thought I thought the other one that I thought was underrated, and she's always really good at all of her roles. But I actually enjoyed Helen Bonham Carter too. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. Playing, yeah. playing that role, I thought she played the like super aloof like kind of terrible designer panicked. like yeah i thought she did a really good job in that role um and and like i said i think all the performances were oh were they're all good. fine they're yeah. fine they're just some register more than others yeah they're just not as memorable and and again maybe it's where i need to you know watch it as many times as i did that's Ocean's fair 11. yeah um but i didn't walk away like like James Corden and Anna Hathaway were the only two roles that I probably walked away like mm -hmm. thinking about more once sure. I was done. I like that James Corden like he could have shown up gimmicky and done a fucking showed up like singing in his car or some bullshit, sure. but he just played it straight and it it reminded everybody like he's a funny dude yeah. who who can act. So yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I really liked when he showed up too. I liked his whole bit about how he's I'm an insurance investigator. Like I well, don't give a shit about who gets arrested. And I think this is this is this comes back to my original point on the movie. That's what I was hoping for the whole movie. Like that was something that was different. Sure. We never saw the insurance aspect of Ocean's Eleven. Right. We ended with they stole it. Clooney went to jail for violating his parole. They right. picked him up. Like this one went a different direction than mm -hmm. Ocean's Eleven. We didn't have the ride off into the sunset like we did in Ocean's Eleven. Sure, there was an an, an additional layer. Yeah, we had a whole other probably 20 minutes of a movie uh -huh. that came after of them trying to duck that I couldn't I couldn't predict what was going to happen sure like I could probably predict everything that happened before because sure. it was following pretty much the pattern of Ocean's Eleven right right yeah that's a really good point that is something that it did do differently in that it felt like it told what could have been a sequel 
story in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. But it did it well. Like, yeah. it didn't feel, like, super rushed. Um, so here's here's another thing, and we'll get into spoilers in a little bit. But did you notice the, the lack of Soderbergh? Because I noticed the lack of Soderbergh. Yeah, I think what you always get from a Soderbergh movie is there's at least a half a dozen times where you're like, this is Soderbergh. Like, right, like this is weird artsy, and goofy and artsy. artsy, like the mess- messing with like the colors, uh-huh. like the shot that he goes for. Uh-huh. Like there's a number of times where you're like, this is different than the normal. Right heist film or whatever you're watching of Soderbergh. He doesn't always do heist films, but like there's things that are like uniquely Soderbergh that I think, you know, and, and that probably plays a part in some of our less enjoyment than the original three eleven, uh, three oceans movies because like even like the first time I watched oceans 12 or the first time I watched oceans 13, like it doesn't take long for you to feel like, even though it's not the same story as Ocean's Eleven, like mm-hmm. I'm back in this Ocean's world, right. like because of the music, because of the way it's shot, right. and all that kind of it's stuff. It's little things. Like the music, I thought was really good. Daniel Pemberton came in yeah. and replaced um, David Holmes, and I thought the music was really good. Cinematography was really good, but it's little piddly shit that people like you and I would notice because we see so many movies, like the opening logos. The opening logos of all the other Ocean's films are stylized these ones aren't they're regular the end credits the end credits of a lot of the oceans films are stylized these ones aren't they're pretty just straightforward end credits and there are a few shots here and there um there's a couple that reminded me yeah those yeah definitely but but it just felt gary and and gary ross is a great director he directed sea biscuit he directed pleasantville the first Mm -hmm. hunger games that guy ain't no fucking slouch no. You know, but he's just, I mean, Soderbergh is Soderbergh. There's just such a uniqueness to Soderbergh's films. And this one didn't feel, and I don't want to call it ordinary necessarily, but it sure. felt like something I've seen time, many times before. Sure. From a, from a, the way it was shot aspect, not from the movie itself. Sure. Um, but like Soderbergh's always feel like uniquely Soderbergh. Like I could watch, you could show me a movie and I'd probably be thinking to myself, is this a Soderbergh movie? Right. Like if right. you showed me a Soderbergh movie I'd never right. seen, I'd probably be thinking that in my Well, head. and specifically like Soderbergh Ocean's films because the guy is so varied in the way, like you look at like his his the big year where he had the two big films he made traffic in Aaron Brockovich those two films couldn't be more different sure. you know but like the oceans films had just they had such a style to them well you think about even just with traffic not getting too far off off case off of oceans eight but yeah but like each storyline had its own color had its own style and color and like that is so cool and so unique to like the only person I would think of to think of to doing that would right. be Soderbergh right Absolutely. So to wrap up the non-spoiler section, um, I still really liked the film. Um, I still we'll get into the heist and stuff in in the spoiler section a little bit more. Um, I thought the performances were really good. I ended up giving this four popcorns, although you and I agree that maybe it's time to start implementing a half popcorn, which is like, what was the one? Three popcorns and a soda. So like, yeah. So like anytime we feel like it's going to fall in the middle somewhere, we throw a Coke in on it. Yeah. Um, So that, because that's what you gave it, right? That's what you feel. Yeah, I think, I feel like 
I can't quite give it a four. Like it may be a hindsight four for me. Like if I go back and watch it a couple times, just like I feel like I came to appreciate all of the Oceans movies, especially Oceans 12, the more I watched them. Sure. Um, and so maybe that'll happen with this movie as well. Sure. So I, I, I leave room for myself to boost it up. Um, but I think it was just, there's such a high bar for me when it comes to the Oceans movies. And it had nothing to do with it being a female cast. Like, no. I was actually ecstatic for this cast. Like, I was pumped to hear. It's a great hear, fucking cast, And it man. still is. Like, in yeah. hindsight, it still is. But, like, I had such high expectations for sure. it. Sure. And... And so I think maybe it's a product of my expectations, but yeah, it's like a three and a half for me. It's three popcorns and a soda. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. And and the last thing that I want to mention is that like these oceans movies were never like big blockbusters, but like they pulled in decent amounts of money. They all made over a hundred million dollars. This one opened bigger than any of the other ones. Yeah. Um. The biggest opening was for the second one. That one made thirty nine million. This one opened to forty one. Yeah. So the odds are that this is going to finish. I mean, depending on what type of carryover it's going to have, this is going to finish probably around a hundred, hundred twenty five. That's f- perfectly fine. That's yeah. that's good. That might get you an Ocean's Nine. I'm hoping we do. I'm yeah. hoping we get an Ocean's Nine, and then we get, as somebody mentioned, I think somebody on the ringer mentioned, we get Ocean's Eight, and then we get an Ocean's Nine, and then Ocean's Ten is like the Infinity War of the <laughs> Ocean's movies. Bring them all in for a mega heist. I like it. Um, so that would be dope. So before we get into spoilers, as always, I want to remind everybody that you can subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, there are a number of other podcast um, sources out there, tools and and uh, formats that you can listen to us to. So do us a favor and subscribe and, and get podcasts at least once a week from the Popcorn Diet. Uh, like us, give us a rating. We really, really appreciate it. Also, you can find all of our reviews on our latest episodes on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. And then last but certainly not least, Follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Um, but now we're going to talk a little bit more about the spoiler aspects of, of Ocean's 8 and particularly focusing on the heist and some of the implications that are made in this film. So I want to talk about the heist and how you felt about it. Um, how did you feel about the heist? Um... You know, I, I liked it being something different. You know, we're stealing something from someone. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I go back and forth like, you know, we talk about, you know, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but like <laughs> you talk about like feminism and things like that. Yeah. And it's like you're going to make the eight eight girls knock off. Steal jewelry. Steal jewelry. Like Please. real original. Like why can't they steal cash or something like that i didn't think about that that's <laughs> funny but uh but at the same time like i thought it was something unique like we had the new york backdrop to it mm-hmm. um took the met which is something very pop culture i feel like has gotten more relevant in more and more years. relevant it brings um, that style in is one of the big things about oceans 11 and those films is all of the guys have a very unique men's style and yeah. their wardrobe and whatnot and you see that here as well yeah yeah absolutely so i think um, I think it was good from that aspect. I think um, this is something you brought up, and so I won't steal too much of your thunder, but I do feel like it was a little too easy. Sure. Um, like the whole process. Like mm-hmm. in Ocean's Eleven, like, granted, we knew how it was 
Well, we didn't quite know how it was going to end because sure. technically Ocean's Eleven ends differently than the original Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, the old Sinatra one ends with them burning the money up accidentally. Yeah. They don't a get shit. A person dying yeah. know, in the movie. So. so you never really know. When when that film first came out, you, I mean, they could have maybe not won. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So we didn't we didn't necessarily know in that. But at the same time, like you felt like real tension in certain scenes where sure. it was like do they have this figured out? And I think there was maybe like one where it was like Minnie Kaling's in the, the bathroom and the dude's going yeah. towards there. And, you know, Debbie Ocean is yelling like, find a, like pick him out of the water, grab him out of yeah. the water. You know, like that, that was a good thing. moment. Like that's the closest I feel like we had to like attention of like, is this going to go wrong right. type of thing? Um, but everything else seems so, and and maybe that's what they were going because breezy. In the beginning, she said, "I've gone through a hundred and whatever scenarios." Yeah, she said, "I tried it every time, and every time I got caught, I went back and I fixed it." Yeah, exactly. So, like, maybe they're trying to show like how well she thought this out, that she had a plan for everything. Sure. And, and I get that maybe, but I think it also took away from some of the drama of the heist It doesn't itself. make for a very dramatic film, yeah. Like I mean, most heist movies have like that tension and that drama sure. of, is this going to work? Sure. Like and something's going wrong. Um, like there was no tense as he shorts it. Yeah, no. no well, deal. that's the thing is you look at, I mean, again, I I hate comparing it to the original Ocean's Eleven, but it kind of invites it. It, it has to be. Sure. You know, you look in that film where they needed to get the pinch because we had this entire plan for knocking out the, the, the lights and well that doesn't work so we gotta go get the pinch and then Yen breaks his hand and then you know oh Dan, Danny gets caught oh well that's not really part of the pl- oh Danny's out like those types of things like is Yen gonna get blown up sure um, did they really blow up the money how did they get the money out like that kind of shit there's a lot of twists and turns there and by like the third one like admittedly the third one there are not many issues like there's probably in the third one there's the moment of tension where they're trying to change the faces of and um don Cheadle's interrupting him because i'm a goddamn american icon all that kind of stuff but like in that film they buy a fucking earthquake tunneling machine like yeah. an elon musk tunneling machine sure. so it gets a little ridiculous but i agree like this film there's like two issues that they run into in this film not to not mention not not counting the the kitchen guy, which I thought was was a really good moment of tension. Yeah. But when they find out that the necklace can only be removed with a special magnet, yeah. well, then they just go get a fucking magnet. Yeah. Or when they find out that, like, oh, where's the necklace? It's supposed to be on the tray. And it's just two kids bullshitting in the hallway. Yeah. Well, then they just go tell them to stop bullshitting. Yeah. It's really not that big of an issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's not really that need to adapt no. Like other than the magnet thing, and again, that's quickly figured out. Like, yeah, we have a whole scene where they go to California, steal a heist, things go wrong yeah. in the heist. Like that happened in the original. This one, Rihanna calls up her sister, and her sister brings brings a, a magnet. magnet. Or like, we need to hack into the Met, and Rihanna's like, I'm in. And yeah. then they just move the cameras. Yeah, it's not that fucking hard. Yeah. Um. Or like, Sarah Paulson gets a job at Vogue. Like that. Yeah. Like what? How yeah, like at least like show that like you hacked it and you got someone fired from the position or right. something like that. Something or, like, like that. You know, 
Something like when they sent Casey Affleck to go down to the the Mexican dice factory, yeah. it's not that hard of a stretch to think that somebody could get a job in a Mexican dice factory, but to get a job in a in a in an insanely important position at right one of the most the popular yeah. magazines in the world right before the Met, uh, I think. Yeah. How how is this happening? Yeah, here? that's what I thought was interesting about this movie is that they chose to focus and spend their time in certain areas where I think they may have been better served, like further developing like parts of the film that they just kind of swept as like an sure. easy answer to it. Sure. Um, how did you like the How did you like the reveal of the real heist? Number one, I will say that I love the sequence where they cut up the necklace and everybody's wearing it out. Yeah. Really like that. Yeah, I love that. Thought that was a great, great touch. Um, how did you feel about the reveal of like the real heist? Because I thought it was kind of a cop-out. I was into it, but I also thought it was kind of a cop-out because there was never any hint of it. Yeah. Except when she bought the submarine. You okay. remember when she bought yeah, that yeah, submarine? Yeah, no, I remember that. And I liked that. That almost reminded me of, I'm trying to think, even from the oceans, I feel like they did something like that in the original. Was it like the Fabergé egg when it's like, all of this was bullshit, we stole the egg three weeks ago? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like, kind, kind of, of. But I think, you know, I do think it was kind of like, like I didn't quite see, I will say, I didn't read the spoilers, so like I didn't quite see like... Anne Hathaway, like, technically being in on it. Sure. And, like, you know, them revealing, like, I saw, like, she noticed her filming, like, when right. the whole magnet thing happened. Right. Like, I've never puked a day in my life. Like, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. I did like that reveal. Like, I liked, I enjoyed that reveal. Um, You know, I thought it was fun that they pulled in Yen. Like, doesn't that, that make that, doesn't that make this Ocean's Nine then? Well, you could even argue that it's Ocean's Ten because Anne Hathaway was part of it. Well, Anne Hathaway is the eight. Was she the eight? Yeah, I feel so, like we had eight already. No, we her. had we had. Um, let's go through it. We had Debbie Ocean one, Lou two, um, Mindy Kaling three, Sarah Paulson four, Aquafina five, Rihanna six, Helena Bonham Carter seven, and then Anne Hathaway eight. Gotcha. Okay. And then Yen, which they couldn't have completed no. the second heist without Yen. That's yep. a fucking grease man. Yep. That's number nine. I apologize. I'm yep. sorry. No, I agree. Um, yes, but the other thing is... Um, I also think it's funny, too, that like we talked about like we never had those like challenges that they faced. Right. And Anne Hathaway... Or, like I, I'm trying to think back to it. Did they kind of present it as that was part of Debbie Ocean's plan or that it wasn't part of the plan. I think they presented it as it wasn't part of the plan, except they got figured out like, cause she recognized bad actresses and gotcha. Gotcha. And then she just wanted to have friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was why, you know, maybe that falls into like every time it didn't work, I fixed it. Right. And it exactly. Type of thing. Like it, would it have made a more interesting film if she had caught them or someone had caught them? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. How would you get out of that? That's yeah. part of the interesting part of it. But going and again, going back to James Corden, like then you find out like apparently he knows Debbie and is friends with her. 
Yeah. It seems like like from the code where she's like, I'm going to give you like 10%. She literally like, oh, we have an insurance investigator that's on our tail. She sits down at a goddamn IHOP and or IHOP, yeah. excuse me, um, and talks it out with him and the problem solved. That's just another point where it's just like it's solved by a quick conversation. Yeah. Um, that doesn't take away from the fun of this movie, uh, I think. I think my favorite, I think if I like can remember like the funny bits of the movie, I really like the MetroCard bit. Yeah. Going back to Aquafina, that was just like a really fun touch that you see, that you remembered when you had like, you know, uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn talking with like George Clooney. Sure. You have these fucking redneck hillbilly brothers talking to a career con man and you have Aquafina who's a street you know uh, pickpocket yeah. talking with Debbie Ocean a con woman I like that um, dynamic yeah and but that's that's I think where like I don't like that's where like in Ocean's Eleven like it seemed pretty believable outside of the Malloy twins everybody seemed like <laughs> professionals professionals <laughs> like whereas this one you're pulling in aquafina who's like you can't tell me that she would prob she would hang out with the character right the other characters in there and even right. rihanna like you've got her as like this you know for lack of a better term like islander type nine you ball know, like n- nine ball that kind of thing like i don't think they they probably hang out together much sure because it even calls back to like in Ocean's Twelve, like, who do you call if you're in trouble? Rusty, <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, as far as my favorite, I like the Metro car. Actually, a lot of my favorite funny scenes involve Aquafina. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the subway scene mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. when they're talking to her, uh, and she's stealing all the stuff from from them. And yep, I need my watch back and her watch back. Well, even just that the fact that they're hiring her, for lack of a better term, while she's ordering a subway sandwich yeah it like, just was fun that kind of thing it was just interesting um yeah so i mean i just really enjoyed it um i have a big question for you and and this one we're not you know we're not going to spend too just because of our various health concerns um is danny dead so here's here's my thing and roll with me this is something that i even thought of just partially while we were talking okay because Danny, because so to preface about- it, to preface it, she shows up. I mean, what it's like the fourth, third scene in the movie, yep. where it's like Danny Ocean is dead. Allegedly died in twenty eighteen. Died in twenty eighteen this year. Just recently goes to his grave or whatever it is, and then Ruben shows up, yep. and then and then that's how it ends with her at his grave. Like you would have loved it. Is Danny really dead? I have expected him to pop up at the end. But- I. I was expecting him to pop up then. I do not think he's dead. Um, I this is my little thing. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna keep going like very closely mirrored, okay, to Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, sure. Wouldn't it make sense if o- Danny is like almost in that role of, um, oh, what's his name, Lamarck, Lamarck, where he's in hiding, he's in hiding. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, and, I like this. And Ocean's Twelve is centered around um, Rusty. It's a Rusty movie. Sure. And so if you made this a Lou movie, and the reveal is to Debbie of like your brother's still alive Ooh. type of thing, like at the end, like and it's a whole thing. Like 
there could be some some ways to play this to kind of closely mirror. That would be very interesting. Being live still. Uh, I like this. So now, sadly, we can't get the whole crew back together because Bernie Max, Bernie Max, been dead for ten years, dude. You believe that shit? It's crazy, crazy. But you have to imagine that number one, fantastic theory. I'm all aboard on this. <laughs> I can't imagine that they've thought that out this much. But I have to imagine that like they knew they weren't going to get Clooney for a cameo, and so this was a good way to write off his character, but in a way that. Like you could, we could all clearly see the possibility of Danny not being dead, sure. um, about him being in hiding or whatever, because fucking Al Pacino's trying to have him murdered or whatever it is. I thought maybe this movie was gonna drop another Julia Roberts gag and have like actual Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts as a cameo. Right. Well, as they a did gag. kind of at the end when they're showing the the which I did I did like the montage of them seeing them like what all their what they did with their shares and whatever. Um, But it shows Daphne Kluger, who's a socialite actress Mm -hmm. as a director directing Anne Hathaway. And who's like, it's not that hard. Yeah. So that posits that this is a, this is a universe in which there are two Anne Hathaways, one actual Anne Hathaway and one Daphne Kluger, where there are two Julia Roberts, one Julia Roberts and one Tess. Yep. There has to be two Rihannas, right? <laughs> right. Like, there's got to be an actual Rihanna and then sure. Nine Ball. Yep. Like, <laughs> think about that. What are the consequences? What are the connotations of this? Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, I thought, and I, I think, I mean, I don't want to pick it apart anymore. You know, we could go down the rabbit hole of like, I didn't think the villain was very villainous. He was kind of a scumbag, but he wasn't like an Andy Garcia or a or a Night Fox or an Al Pacino level scumbag. Well, the funny thing was, is they were like his only fault that was different than the people that were is he <laughs> the pinned quote it on unquote somebody. heroes. Yeah, is that he pinned it on his girlfriend, right? Which know? is an admittedly piece of shit thing to do. Sure, but part of me is like. And and obviously they show where she says she's not going to talk, and then he right. does talk. Right. But it's like, I don't know. I I feel like it's a weird situation to be like doing the whole like holier than thou type of thing when when you're doing, you're the, doing same the exact thing. same thing. Well, and they make know? that point too. Like they literally say like you're going to frame the guy who framed you. Yeah. Um. But like they're just he just seemed more like weaselly and more like Night Fox. It was under, like, it was easy to hate him. Right. He, he's French. He's French. <laughs> but like, he's he an arrogant. A, he prick. was just a prick the whole like, time. Like he was an arrogant we didn't prick. Didn't see enough of the art dealer and Claude Beckett of, of Claude Becker. Beckett to even Becker to even Becker. really hate him. Like, I mean, not that I like liked him, but like. No. There was never there wasn't enough scenes of me being like this dude's a douchebag. Right. Like, like Andy Garcia is a like a Las Vegas like bad dude. Like yeah. he's he, he, they even talk about how like you know he he had a guy's brother's bankrupt his tractors. <laughs> tractors. Like he'll go after you, he'll go after your whole family, he'll ruin you. You know, and then same with Pacino, like I know guys yeah. Can really make you hurt. You know, like that kind of shit. This guy, he framed Debbie Ocean. That's a shitty thing. Yeah. But it's, but like, that's it. Like, he really, 
I don't know. Is is it enough? Like it was he? I didn't think he was villainous enough. He's certainly villainous. He's oh, certainly yeah. shitty. Yeah. But he just he's like, just I didn't, not I didn't on the feel level. Bad for him, but I also wasn't no, like fuck him. Like yeah. I also wasn't like like I found myself rooting, you know, more so than normal. Like rooting for like the Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, right. Ocean Three to like win. Right. Like this one, like. If they would have pulled the heist and the whole thing wouldn't have worked out framing him, like, it wouldn't have really mattered to me. Like, that kind of thing. Like, there wasn't enough of screen presence of him for me to, like, truly hate him. There's just those moments, like, where, like, in the first one, it's like, you above all people should know, Terry, what goes on in your hotels. Or the second one where they reveal to him the, and where he tells him the whole story and, and he was just like, well, that was very good. How did you do that? Could you please leave? Or the third yeah. one where they take his share of the money and they donate it. Yeah. And he's, do you think this is funny? Well, Terry, sure, sure. shit ain't sad. sad. Yep. There was never really a moment like yeah. that here. Yeah. Um, which would have been great. Yeah. And I feel like you didn't, you wouldn't have even needed that much more screen time to make this guy a D-bag. Like, he no. could have been... You just need like one more scene of him being a prick to his staff, yeah, or or like a young aspiring artist, like I'm gonna destroy you or something like, like even that. Even his interactions with Han- Anne Hathaway could have been sleazier, but you which felt- they really I didn't feel like they were that. Maybe I'm a dude and maybe they were super sleazy. I don't know, but but I feel like she was the. The, well, she the was the honeypot. One. Yeah, she's yeah. the honeypot at that point. Yeah. Which again, going back to Anne Hathaway, no, that's great. that's the stuff that I love when she like switched from like this dim-witted socialite, yeah. and then she starts playing him like a fiddle. Yeah, Anne Hathaway can get it. I, I, she's she takes she takes the movie for sure. Um, that's probably pretty good. You got any any closing comments for you? No, but I, I mean, for as much as we've gotten nitpicky, you know, a lot of it does have to do with our love. of the original sure. Oceans movies. Sure. But all that being said, as we've mentioned before on this, I'd be all for an Ocean's I'm Nine. I'm ready like, for an Ocean's Nine. I would I'll be, be there. I would be happy for an Ocean's Nine or maybe it's... I'll be there. I'll be there for the Ocean's 8, 9, 8 through 13. I'm there for it. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. As I said before, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Like, rate, subscribe, wherever you're listening, and go to popcorndietpodcast.com to read our review of Ocean's 8 and find all of our recent episodes. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next week with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.